Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? <laughs> you knew that was coming. Well, that was brutal. Yes. Well, as you know, Niners Nation, we did not win the Super Bowl. We took a little time to get some space from Sunday. We have cocktails. You have a cocktail. I have a glass of wine. Okay. And Brian? I have a triple IPA. <laughs> we are here to, I can't say it's an awake. It's more of a, it's more of a just celebration of life. Niners <laughs> season ending, yeah. of course, in defeat in overtime to uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Overall thoughts. We'll just go with how we usually right. go, Tim. He's, well, he's we nice. we talked about last week on this is going to be either one of two things. The Niners would finally break through and get their sixth Super Bowl, or the Chiefs would be confirmed as a dynasty. And unfortunately for Niners Nation, the latter happened. The Chiefs have now won their fourth overall Super Bowl, third in the last, what, five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and Patrick Mahomes has established himself not only is he a future Hall of Famer, but he has just taken the reins from Tom Brady as the best quarterback uh, in the NFL. Um, for Niners Nation, uh, for ourselves, this was a bitter, soul-crushing defeat and one that is going to stick with us for many, many years. I, I wish it was the opposite, but it's not. But when you emotionally invest yourself into a team, as, we, as the three of us have done, over the last 45, 50 years, and particularly this season, the, these are the risks you're going to take getting into that kind of, I mean, that's, that's, that, that's the downside of being a yeah. fan. Yeah. That's extremely well said, Tim. Yeah. Brian, how are you feeling now that we're a little farther away? Because if we had done this on Tuesday, it might've been like people calling suicide watch hotline. Like, <laughs> The Niners talk guys, did we uh, all call them? Oh, man. Well, John, Tim and I had a long talk. We were trying not to. We had a long drive from L.A. to L.A. from Las Vegas, and we were trying our best not to honestly talk about the football game. I did. I wanted to. We talked about HVAC systems. We talked about, I, I think, trying to be a good dad. We talked about anything uh, other than running. Game. The races will be yeah. anything. Occasionally, Food. one of us would scream out the F word at, at a yeah. moment's notice. But yeah, we, we did see uh, a couple of cars driving back with Niners stickers, license plate holders, that type of thing on, on the 15. And so that was reassuring. They're going through the same emotional heartbreak as we are. Mm-hmm. Out of my feeling, well... As Tim said, we just lost to the future Hall of Famer. And as I've kind of noted, he's, he is, to me, he's like a, he's like a Steph Curry slash LeBron slash Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan basketball player kind of wrapped into an NFL body. Mm -hmm. He, Patrick Holmes, I, 
I could have sworn once we took that three-point lead, I thought our defense was going to hold and we were going to win this game. Obviously, that didn't happen. But as as Tim said, Mahomes is just a generational talent. And Purdy, to his credit, has proven himself as someone who's not a game manager. He no. was able to... Mm-hmm. He had three scores that put us up, in. I think, from the fourth to to through overtime. Three scores mm-hmm. in a row. So definitely, he's not... He should not ever be considered a game manager in my mind. He, yeah, he, as we all agree. I, I and I, I don't want to. I want to point something out uh, based on what Brian just said. Brock Purdy, in his first first full season as a starting quarterback, gets his team to the Super Bowl after uh-huh. coming off a horrific injury in the NFC Championship game against the Eagles a little over a year ago, and he's only twenty four. So he's going he's gonna to be there for a while. Yeah. So for those of you who are tuning in, because possibly you're trying to find some solace in the, in all, we're three obsessed Niners fans who get together weekly, usually on Tuesdays, we need more space. So it's a Friday to talk Niners ball. And, and I really do want to say that we're all three of us are floored by the amount of folks who have actually listened to us because I thought it might be my wife, my aunt and Tim's wife and Brian's wife. But no, actually we <laughs> had a whole bunch of folks all over the world. We actually broke a thousand last week of listens, which I was kind of a pie in the sky goal for me when we started this back in July. So thank you for listening. We're going to keep doing this. Because it's part therapy and it's a lot of fun. So I'll talk to you about, we're, we're going to kind of do this in reverse order of like, okay, how are we feeling emotionally? And then we're going to kind of back up and then we get into the game and so on and so forth. So I watched the game in my living room, pretty much standing up in front of the television the entire time. Overtime happened. They scored. I turned the TV off. I didn't watch any of the celebration. I actually... Tried to do a little bit of work, did some stuff here and there. Cause I knew I wasn't going to sleep. So I'm like, okay, I went up, I took two melatonin. I'm like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to go to sleep now. Finally fall asleep around like one <laughs> I'm laughing because I know what's coming. <laughs> I start having this dream and I'm having a barbecue and Brian's there and Tim's there and my wife's there and the kids and we're all having a good time. Patrick Mahomes shows up to my barbecue and he's bro, like cheeseburgers cold. This barbecue is awful. Bro, Brittany can't find the bathroom, bro. Where's the bathroom, bro? Bro, you don't have ketchup for a cheeseburger? Bro, they kept calling me, bro. They kept telling me about how my barbecue was awful. I'm like, Patrick Mahomes, you are running my barbecue. There's Nightmare on Elm Street, but apparently this was Nightmare on... Westchester Avenue. Yeah. So I woke up at 3.45 in the morning. I'm like, fucking Patrick Mahomes is in my head. It's everywhere. I'm like, I have to go back to sleep. I'm like, I'm going to think about playing my golf course. I'm going to think about just an orange, just an orange. And what happens when I think about an orange? It turns around and it's Patrick Mahomes saying, bro, my cheeseburger's burnt. I'm like, I, I might as well just get up now. Like, why am I even trying no. to sleep? So yeah. 
I, I was a little emotionally affected after that game. Yeah. <laughs> after the game, I met up with Brian and I just felt numb. I think I just, the, maybe the medical term for it is I was in shock. So I picked up Brian and, and I know we'll, we'll get to the, how we watched the game here in a second, but we, we went to just a local brew pub kind of place uh, with a bar. And I, I literally just was like, please, God, please don't let me walk in to Kansas City Chiefs fans celebrate. Please don't, <laughs> don't do that to me. We might have had a few drinks. I, I might have had a couple scotches. Ordered, he ordered a double as soon as we got in there, John. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Um, but like you, John, after we left the restaurant, I tried to sleep and I couldn't. I woke up at 4 in the a.m. I just couldn't go back to bed. It just kept yeah. the game kept replaying in my head. But like I said at the out, this is going to be one that sticks with us for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can't get any more close to the mountain. <laughs> no, than that. No. All right, so let's actually talk about how we all consume the game because you guys were actually in Vegas. Yes, we were. So, Tim, where were you? So I. Because of work, I flew into Los Angeles the Thursday prior and did my work. And by Friday, around noon, one o'clock, I was done. And I just started driving towards Las Vegas. And I had spoken with Brian saying, I'll be, be here. It'd be great to meet up. And it was nice just driving. It was a part of California that I had never seen before. So that was one sort of little, little plus there. Saw plenty of Niner fans driving across the same freeway, flags, logos, etc. And that Saturday, because I'm also with Brian, we're going to run the Boston Marathon in a little over two months. I did a long run on Saturday and I was angling for tickets and I would know I was in touch with you guys on where prices were. And finally, so on. Yeah. Let's stop. Let's just stop right there. Yeah. So how many miles did you run? I ran 16. Okay. I ran 13. Brian, you ran. I ran the Joe Montana 16 on Friday right. afternoon. I just want to know that we did everything correctly <laughs> in terms of making sure there was Bosa runs done, Purdy runs yes. done, Montana runs done. Brian brought like, chicken wings. He brought Brian, them. I have, I have, I, the, I'm a witness. The Racha socks, bracelets were worn. Uh, not our fault. I did I not actually, wear Niners gear to the game. I did not wear Niners gear at all. I actually felt solace in that, that I'm like, you know what? Not our fault. But they wouldn't have gotten closer if we hadn't run those miles. Yeah. We would have got blown out if we didn't run those miles. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so Tim, you're yes. driving to Vegas. I drove to Vegas. I, I found my hotel. I drove actually past the Raider complex where I knew the Chiefs were practicing. So you can probably figure out what gesture I was making with a certain hand and a certain finger middle um, of there. I might have been, you know, but the next day I was, I was, I was angling to see if I could get a ticket because I was very fortunate enough to see the Super Bowl a few years ago in Miami again against the Kansas City Chiefs. And John, you texted me and said that the prices were coming down mm -hmm. and it was just sort of like, hey, all right, this is the moment. Are you going to do it or not? I chose to do it. I did get a ticket in the middle of my long 16 mile run. I figured when else am I going to do it? 
And why not in the desert? Why not in the desert <laughs> on this nice little running path I found in suburban Las Vegas? I mean, I literally, as Brian can attest, we were staying well away from downtown Las Vegas. We were definitely in the suburbs. It was so, suburbia. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely suburbia. Olive Gardens and Starbucks and great houses. Chipotle's. Chipotle's. And... Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like the strip. All right. So, Tim, you were going to Damon and Brian. Where, where were you going? I, I had purposely was flying in a little bit later. I flew in on Sunday mornings. My good buddy, Tim, picked me up. We went out for a run on, on this trail. And what number did we run on our run? 3.1 miles for Tashawn Gibson to yep. be a uh, 5K. Um, that, was our, that was our goal. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we were either going to run 4.9 or, or 3.1. And we leaned towards 3.1. I know Tim. It just felt right. It, we discussed it. We did discuss it. It was just like, how are you feeling? And it wasn't like, how are you feeling physically? It's like, no, what is the karma? What is the energy saying to you? As <laughs> So we, we opted with 3.1 because we wanted our secondary to play well. And, and anytime I mentioned about potentially meeting up on the strip later, Tim would find the, the closest piece of wood, either be it a tree or a bench or something, or a house, or just <laughs> knock on wood. We would knock on wood. I I think that was three times I asked yeah. Brian to knock on wood. <laughs> because our goal, John, was afterwards we were going to close out that night with some martinis. And a martini in Vegas is not. It doesn't happen at a BJ's in Henderson, Nevada. Yes, but... it it <laughs> happens. <laughs> out... Yeah, no, it happens oh. at the Flamingo Hilton or the Caesars. Yeah. On the strip. Or the wolf getting cut puck play. So, you no. Know, there you go. Cut? Yeah. I went snowboarding, which was actually the best decision I made because I was away from my tell. Like, I woke up about nine o'clock. I turned on by that 10 o'clock, they actually started the pregame on. And they were just, just blathering on about Patrick Mahomes and Dyer until I have no chance. And I'm like, okay. I'm out of here. I go so boring. And it really was the best because I didn't get home until 5.30. And by then I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to get nervous. I took a shower and came down and there's a crucifix, which is actually kind of right behind me that I got when I was baptized and I, I grabbed a knee and I'm like, dear Lord, baby Jesus. <laughs> really give the matter straight today and i've never done this before so you can blame me if you want no. i took the crucifix upstairs with me and i i put it on i have a table uh, a little thing i was right near the couch I, I put it on and left it there because the crucifix is going to come into play later in this game i was there i was ready and i opened with the john malkovich a AFC championship and I did my voiceover to it and I'm like, okay, it's on, let's go. And then we, they got into the national anthem and then Tim's texting me like, Hey, we're, 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 I'm here. It's awesome. And away we went. So Brian, by this point you were at the watch party. So was that, how was that? It was 90% Niners nation. You had. For some odd reason, you had Chiefs people working, maybe one or two pe Chiefs people working the event. 
and there happened to be a Chiefs girls behind us, like Chiefs fans sitting behind us. Like, why would you watch it with Niners Nation? I have no idea. <laughs> oh my God. So they were so annoying. But the watch party was, I will say, I will not do that again. I, I would have probably chosen to watch it somewhere else, as I was telling Tim. It was at like a, a nice high end movie theater. So mm-hmm. they had really good seats. It was the luxury seats where you can kind of lift Lean up your mind. Yeah. Yep. And they had a bar and it was open and you can get whatever necessary well drink you want. Not top shelf, but they were well. And then chicken wings, but you had to wait in the line. It was fine for the moment, but I think I would have preferred to watch it somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Tim. Yeah. Now you're there. Yeah. Legion Field, up in the nosebleeds. Well, I, well, I'll just preface it by saying getting there is all I was thinking about was the game. I mean, a lot of people that I was walking past had already started drinking well before the game. Um, I mean, it's Vegas. What else did yeah. what, so you expect? So I just, I got there probably, I parted ways with Brian around what, Brian? I think we got there around 1130. The noonish. Yeah. yeah. And the game was at three. So finally, it just, I walked into the game and basically there's no tailgating because there's no point because the huge part of the parking lot and surrounding area are just all blocked off. And there's so many different kinds of things you can do from going to watch a band to going to the Niners rally, to going to the Chiefs rally, to going to just, you know, general NFL or watching the CBS uh, crew do their thing. So what I ended up doing was getting a $24 burrito. I don't think, frankly, it was worth $24. I opted against the $17 Bud Light as opposed to um, getting a $10 bottle of water. Might have been a little price gouging <laughs> going on at the Super Bowl. I'm just going on record with oh, that. There's it no reason to pay that amount of money for a burrito. No, there isn't. But <laughs> I did pay $27 for a game program that I forgot to uh, take with me at the end of the game. But that's another good you under, obviously understand the reason why, but I was so amped up for the game that I finally just got to my seat about two and a half hours before kickoff and just sat there and just watched every single player come out mm-hmm. until game time. And what I will say to you and to Niners Nation, that crowd was partisan 49ers. I would say 65-35. When the oh. Chiefs came out for warmups, the booze that rained down on that team and when the Niners came out, it was night and day. It was night and day. So I knew I was with my people. So game starts. We have not purposely, I don't think any of us have watched the game. I did. Oh, well. Whoa, then. what? I did. Well, yeah. You never saw that version. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, it's like it's the same Super right. Bowl in 2019. I just can't. Yeah. Like, I know how this one turns turns I, out. I, I watched it once. I will never watch it again. So I will say, John, yeah. so last week, the obviously they've been replaying the last Super Bowl 54 on NFL Network the last mm-hmm. before this game. And I happened to turn it on in the fourth, a certain fourth quarter drive where they throw it, where Mahomes has the ball. He's down by, I want to say 11 at that point, right? And he throws it to... To Tyreek, somewhere in the fourth quarter, and then Tyreek's trying to grab it. He's he's fallen to the ground, and it hits the ground first, so it's a third down. 
the next play right after that, John and Tim, mm-hmm. was that deep ball. Yeah. That I oh uh, I know it well. I yeah, we well. all do. Mahomes threw, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this guy's got something." I just I don't know how he made that play, and so, uh, that was on this week. There's actually a stat. It's a luck stat, and the Kansas City in the, the last three years has had more lucky plays. It goes its way than the other team. I think that for what you want, but it is what it is. So oh, yeah, go ahead, John. So. I haven't watched the game. I, I don't think I'll ever, I ever will. Like I can see it embedded in my mind, but let's just talk general themes of the yeah. game. One of the things that struck me early on is the Niners defense came to play. Yeah. I actually thought they had one of the best defensive performances they've had all year. The line was solid. Chase Young was everything we thought he was going to be. Fred had a a very good game. Nick Bosa was everywhere. They played their guts out. Javon Hargrave's playing with a busted thumb. They Um, kept Mahomes in the pocket. He didn't didn't break away for a lot of runs. So disciplined. I mean, so disciplined. And really, to me... Probably the biggest difference maker is Dre Greenlaw going down. Dre Greenlaw stays in that game. I actually think the Niners will win it. John, you just talked about luck. And Mm -hmm. to lose a player of Dre Greenlaw's caliber on something as minuscule as running onto the field. Now, it has now come out that he's had tendonitis in his Achilles. But that, when I saw that, I I at first thought I was thinking he was on the punt. Wait, wait, he was on special teams. What what just happened? I didn't think uh-huh. Greenlaw was on it. And then it's no, he just, and I literally pulled out YouTube TV when I was sitting there and watched it. It was like, yeah. what are the odds of that happening? So it's just, yeah. So it's, it, it's a lightning strike that would yeah. never have happened in any other. You, you never see that. So my brother was telling me when I meant to, I'm, I went to meet him on Monday when I got back to the Bay Area for a post-game drink. And he was telling me that, yeah, I don't know if it was KNBR, but they had a stat where they showed some video of Greenlaw kind of pushing up. And the way he was pushing up to people, he just probably just got overworked. And maybe, Tim, you're right. He had the tendonitis kind of flaring up mm-hmm. in that Achilles. And just the way he was just like every week, He's he's standing up to people. He's pushing back, always, always, always. And then just attention had to break sometime, and it just happened to be on a non-contact play that he's running out onto the field. Yeah, that I mean, was devastating. Yeah, the same thing happened with Durant, Kevin Durant, in the, in the yeah. playoffs in Toronto. Yeah. It happened to Rogers, but it's like those guys going on the field have probably had a decent amount of pain medication and. They're there to play, and they're going to play as hard as they possibly can. Unfortunately, the Achilles have been so overworked that it just ruptured. Yeah. And I just, I mean, from what we've heard, his surgery was successful, and I just yeah. I hope he comes back as the same Dre. We saw, unfortunately, what happened to Navarro Bowman when he had the same kind of thing. He never was quite the same Navarro Bowman, yeah. but, yeah, I just hope, I, he's just an awesome guy, and yeah. he's got an awesome story as a ward mm-hmm. from the, state of Arkansas and made good. 
So I hope he comes back and yeah. is back to being drunk. But yeah, that was to me the first. Oh God, that, like, was, that <laughs> was the that was the first oh shit moment. Yeah, but I think there were two things that were coming out of me at at that point because we were in the first half. The Niners D I thought was holding Mahomes and playing as you said, John, probably the, the best we've seen in in several weeks. At the same time, the 49er offense, they came out clicking. And then another yeah. strange thing happens. McCaffrey fumbles. Yeah. I, I don't recall McCaffrey fumbling. On, uh, I mean, I literally have to go back to the Minnesota game where he fumbled. And before that, it was the Cowboys game. He is not a guy who ever loses the ball. Yeah. And that's unfortunately, that's points off the board. But other thing that yeah. I think was getting established in the first half was the Kansas City defense. Mm-hmm. They were playing excellent coverage against Debo and Ayuk, and they were getting pressure on Purdy. Purdy was making plays, but it was definitely under duress. He was having to scramble, and that's not what you want as in your in, in when you're in that situation, you need your quarterback to have time. And Purdy was having to improvise a lot, a lot more mm-hmm. than we thought. Those are the two things we were seeing. Niners playing good defense, but Kansas City was also bringing it on their defense, and we had talked about that in our previous podcast. Yeah, and Spagnuolo has actually come out and said that he was actually really impressed with Purdy because they came out with a zone look, and Purdy was starting to do pretty good things. They switched to a man. Yeah. And obviously, they have the, the corners that can do it. Yeah. But he was really impressed with them. The biggest thing I felt in this game was the Niners had a lot of chances to break it open. And I was like, just get another score. Just get another score. Go up, go up 17 to three, go up another score. Don't, don't give Mahomes a a chance to breathe. And they never just, they never seemed to do do that, especially in the third quarter. Oh, Jair Brown's interception. Yeah, we're that uh, wasted effort. Yeah. You know, and I'm gonna put this under the feet of Kyle Shanahan. Run the ball. It, he was it was all pass, pass, pass. Run the ball. Like the third quarter is on Kyle because mm-hmm. he just he's had a look, but it didn't work the first time, it didn't work the second time, it didn't work the third time. He got back to it, but it's just that to me was the, they had a real chance to have the knockout blow and they didn't take it. Yeah. And the last person you want to keep around is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So then we're in the third quarter and another luck of the chiefs happens. It's random ball hits looter in the ankle and they end up getting him off the putt. Yeah. And that's the first. And only touchdown Patrick Mahomes has during the regular part of the game. That's a credit to the 49ers defense. Yeah. Yeah. In my, in my mind. Uh, they, they, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is, this is where I'm like, okay, years passed. Mahomes just went and do it. Everybody folds. But what do the Niners do after Mahomes goes and gets that easy touchdown? They respond. Absolutely. And I think it's with a touchdown, right? No, no, that was no. It was a touchdown, a missed yeah. extra point, missed extra point. That was, the point was blocked, right? And again, another 
Another oh moment. Another oh, oh and both. look at the Chiefs moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stop. Let's stop there and just give Jawan Jennings some credit there, some flowers. He he that was mm-hmm. an awesome touchdown that he had. And well, I get two awesome touchdowns. Well, yes, don't forget the well, so, he would have been he would have been our MVP. I would yeah. have to say. Oh yeah, I understand yeah. talking about. So Tim, mm-hmm. two things. Yeah. All right. Well, we're a little, little rewind. Where were you when Juwan Jennings had his first and passes the 49er? <laughs> was it on the other side of the field? Or was it-, it was on the other side of the field of where I was standing. And when they okay. threw to him, I was like, is he gonna run? Or was he saying why is he standing there? But then he threw back and I saw McCaffrey was wide open and and the guy next to me was a really great Niners fan. He said, we got men. We got men. And what he meant was we have blockers. And that's when McCaffrey <laughs> went for his first touchdown. So uh, that was you know, sweet. That first 49er touchdown. Yeah, that put him up 10 nothing. But, but yeah, yeah Juwan Jennings. He, he had a game. He had a game. He looked like the only 49er who wasn't tight. Like he was just out there. I'm going to have fun with the Super Bowl. <laughs> Screw it. He went out there and had one of the best games of his life. And there was that pass. And then, then on this drive, he catches the touchdown and yeah. bulls his way in. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. We have a three point lead. Mm-hmm. Got to hold him. Mm-hmm. And so what happens? They go down and so he gets a field goal and breaks Moody's record that held for about an hour and a half. Yeah. Well, in this case, it was no, the, the chiefs got within the, the chiefs actually they got down to the Niners three in this point. Mm-hmm. And this is where Hargrave got a sack on a third and three to force a field goal. Mm-hmm. And so then it's 16, 16. And at that point it's five minutes and 46 seconds left right. in the game. So at that point, you're like, what we need is a clock killing drive that puts an iron ahead and leaves Mahomes with very little time left. Yeah. And. That's exactly what Brock Purdy did. Mm-hmm. And he missed by one third down. Yeah. And let's talk about that third down because that happened at the two so, minute warning. Wait, hold on. Or before, so, okay, go ahead. Tim, is this coming to you or away from you? This is away from me. Okay. And did anything that, happen in front of you? Yes. I, actually, no touchdowns happened to me. Every touchdown happened on the opposite end of the field, but, but that's okay. I would have taken any. Any touchdown anywhere. Um, Can you describe your seat? Was it on the, was it I was about side, the, Niner no, side? No, I was oh, okay. on the 49er side. I was on the 49er side. I was about on the 10 yard line. I had a very good, I mean, Allegiant Stadium is, as we've all been to, is a great place to watch a game. The sidelines are terrific. And even though I was in the upper level of it, I had a full view of the field. So there was no, I, I, great, great sidelines there. Were you, were you closer to the, did it say chiefs on the end zone you were on or did it say yes. Niners? Okay. I, was, I was very close to the chiefs end zone. Got it. Okay. So anyway, I mean, it was a two minute warning and it was third mm-hmm. and five. Wait, wait, one last part. Did you stand through most of the game or did you, were, were people sitting I down? I stood through most of the last part of the fourth quarter and all of overtime. So the third and five, that is where I was, I think I was praying. I won't think I would say I was praying. I'm like, yeah. because to me, that was the play of the game. Okay. If the so, Niners get that first down. 
let's talk about, about where I was. Yeah. I was at this point and through, so through the third quarter, which hadn't gone very well for the 49ers, I'm like, what something I need, something needs to change. I need a game changer from the third quarter towards the end. I grabbed the crucifix and I held it in my hand for the entire time. And that's when the Niners started rolling. Crucifixes. What are they? So I'm sitting there, oh, literally, it, it literally is out of like nightmare from Elm Street, like, holding the crucifix, going, come on, come on, you can do it. I've never held a religious object during a football game before. I don't know if I'll do it again, but I was there holding the crucifix of that third and five. And Brian, you were at the watch party. I was at the, I, I'm getting a little touched by this because I, I was with my cousin, Ryan, mm -hmm. you both met and yep. he's just as much as a 49er fan as any of us are. And I could tell we were all getting just a little touched emotional because if we got this touchdown, we know we, we, oh, I'm sorry. If we got this first down, mm -hmm. we knew we would win the game. And yeah, I, or, that, that or, was like, yeah. No one said it, mm -hmm. no one said it, but that was the feeling. And I was with my cousin right here. We're all mm -hmm. like hugging like this, like, you know, like just, yep. just needing so, that first down. And what at this watch party were people standing up? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. But, so everyone in the world is standing up holding a religious object or a beer or their cousin. Or so, praying. Or praying. There's a lot of going on. Tim. So at this point. I mean, a lot has come out about, should we done this play, this thing on this play? Was there holding? Was there this? Was there that? To me, this was the play of the game. And I'm sorry to say, Steve Spagnuolo outcoached Kyle Shanahan on that. Mm -hmm. one. And which is a shame because you had a two-minute warning, which is a timeout. Uh, I think Kyle, frankly, just did not see it coming. But the Chiefs ran a safety blitz. Purdy was rushed. He, had to, he, he was rushed on his throw. And it's incomplete. And I felt with Niners Nation, everybody, everybody just went, oh, yeah. And that's when Jawan is going for yeah. anything else that's not a safety blitz. Jawan already beat the guy. Yeah. And he's scoring a touchdown. Yeah. And. But look, let's give credit where credit is due. Spagnolik uh -huh. made the perfect call. He made the perfect mm -hmm. call. And I have to tip my hat to him. Yeah. Just, no. Just a thought on that. Uh, I know they they had a had a blitz there. Wait, was that where Chris Jones blitzed, or am I? That's an overtime. Ah, oh, that's an overtime. Okay. All right, we'll talk about that one. All right. These plays all like oh, but, yeah. together, Dan. Yeah. To his credit, Jake Moody comes in. Yeah. Bangs the field goal home. Fifty three yarder. Yeah. Bangs it home, and but all of us are thinking. Defense just make a play, but that's not what you want against Patrick Mahomes. You want to bleed the clock and leave him very little opportunity to do zero time, yeah. zero time. Yeah, yeah. So then Mahomes does Mahomes does he, he they get a field goal and they tie the game. Yeah, and actually, I I will say one thing. He I thought this was one of the best plays of the game. This play happened right in front of me. It was about I, I think just a few seconds left, but he tried to hit Kelsey in the end zone. 
And Fred mm-hmm. Warner played that yes. pass about oh, yeah. as well as any of that to me was a Hall of Fame play. Bamber's you know, going at it. Exactly. Take a step back. I know I'm focusing on that that one play. This whole game was two heavyweights slugging it out. They were throwing haymakers at each other the entire 60 minutes and then into overtime. And Fred Warner just showed what an amazing athlete and linebacker he is on that play yeah. to basically send the game. Because that, that, that could have been the game right there. And that happened right in front of me. And that sent the game into overtime where we knew anything could happen. So you bring up a really good point because if I wasn't as emotionally invested in the 49ers as I am in front of your podcast about the 49ers and all that stuff, this would have been an awesome Super Bowl. Sure. Was. <laughs> I mean, there's back and forth, then there is it was it was defensive and it was grimy, and there's people making plays all over the place. It was a really good football game. Uh, but we are emotionally invested. We do run a podcast, so <laughs> gonna move on. So there we are. It's overtime and and I think I'll be honest, I'm getting tired of asking be asked this question. We'll ask it on this podcast. They flipped the coin. When Fred said tails, I'm like, it's going to be tails because Fred called tails at the beginning. And I give Patrick Mahomes a lot of credit. He came out and he gives Fred a big hug. He says, man, it's been a hell of a game. And it, he's exactly right. Like both teams put it all out there. Classic Ollie Frazier, just, just everything, everything. And I'm like, he called tails. I'm like, we're going to get the ball. And Niners say, yeah, we're going to take the ball. And I'll be yeah. honest, like, when it happened, I'm like, okay. And the next day, I was like, oh, I can't do this. And do that. This is my personal opinion about the whole thing. I actually do not think it costs that much of the game because. The defense had already been on the field for a while. They were pretty gassed. Yeah, agree. The Niners had a chance to go down, get the offense in rhythm, and then if they score, if they score a touchdown, the Chiefs have to match, and then they get the ball back and can win. I actually never really had much of a problem with the call. I think, honestly, if they had reversed it, and Mahomes goes down and scores a touchdown. And Brock Purdy comes up short. They'd be doing the exact same thing in reverse. Going, I can't believe Shanahan gave Patrick Mahomes the ball first. Yeah. To me, it's just it's it's an asinine. It's quick response at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Can we can we oh. go really quick? Can we go over really quick for the the audience who probably didn't hear this? But what was the difference between the overtime rules in the regular season? Yeah. Versus the overtime rules today. So the so in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. The rule is is that each team has an opportunity to possess the football. If the 49ers scored a touchdown, previously that would have been the end of the game, but the rules mm-hmm. have changed that now the other team, even the 49ers have scored a touchdown, will also get an opportunity to to possess the ball yeah. and tie the game. And then at that point, it becomes sudden death. The next team who scores right. wins. So in a regular season, if you score a touchdown, your opening drive, the game's over. Yeah. In the playoffs, you get another chance. It's basically Correct. the Josh Allen rule. Yeah. And 
frankly, I wish they would just go to the college system and just be like, okay, just start at 35 and go. Like they've yeah. made it almost overly complicated, but it is what it is. Anyway, Tim, what did you think of the Shanahan? I actually wanted the ball first. Uh, I felt that the defense had just been on the field. They had just given the game tying field goal. I think the defense needed a break and I wanted the offense back on the field to frankly put pressure as much pressure on the Kansas City offense as possible. And they came very close to doing that. So, so the Niners get the ball. They actually, and this is what I think a lot of people have missed, but the Niners came out in their first possession. They had a third and 13. Yeah. And the it was an incomplete pass. And everybody is standing around and all of a sudden a flag's down. And I immediately thought it was holding us in Irish. But when they said defensive holding, mm-hmm. I was like, there's an opportunity. Yeah. So I actually thought at this point, we actually might win this game. We might hey, actually. Hey. That's when I thought we might actually win this. And the Niners get down. They, first of all, I thought Brock Purdy made one of the best plays of his career when he was rushed. Mm-hmm. And he hits McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. Second and six for 26 yards. I honestly thought McCaffrey was going to score on that play. But the Niners get down. They're in the Kansas City nine after a phenomenal catch by Kyle Juszczyk to stay in bounds. And I honestly, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not sure that was actually a catch. No, I was, it was. Okay. It was. I was. I, I, I watched it a number of times, and it was because it was a catch. It, he gets I it, think it rushes for the first down. Well, I was screaming, complete. snap the ball, snap the ball, snap yeah. the ball. <laughs> well, oh. he's, the thing is, is he's in complete control of his body mm-hmm. and the football. And I, I give the ref, being a ref myself, a ton of credit. Overtime, Super Bowl. And he's like, yeah, he did exactly what he's supposed to do. Anyway. The Niners, it's first and 10. McCaffrey all of a sudden just goes right through him. He's got six yards. It's second and four. And this is where I got angry at Shanahan because he called the exact same play on second and four. Mm-hmm. To me, second and four, that's where you spread out the defense and you take a shot. Mm-hmm. Because what I did not want was third down where I knew Kansas City was going to bring pressure. And that's exactly what happened. Yep. At When the Niners hit the field goal, I know none of you guys are feeling comfortable. I certainly would no. feel uncomfortable. And the guy next to me was a huge Niners fan. He's like, I guess the defense is going to have to win it. And I was just like, that's not the day I want the defense to win the game. Not against this guy. My thought was like, we just need a play. We need, we need yeah. a bad snap. A ball that just bounces the wrong way. A tip pass. Just something that just ends the game. Just something weird. We needed like a weird. We, need, thing we needed to happen. We needed. Was, we needed some luck to go on our side. All of, yeah. and we I, just and did, we didn't say, have it. We yeah. We yeah. Oh, I I mean, all of us were just saying under our breath, somebody make a play, somebody mm-hmm. make a play, somebody make a play. But guys, Kansas City, they made they made the plays. Yep, they made the plays, and they got. I mean, give the Dallas defense credit. They got them to fourth and one. Yeah, they got them to a third and long. They had them on the ropes and this is credit to Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. He found a way. He found a way. Uh, and he he got them to another Super Bowl and kudos to him. And 
He is one of our stars of the game and yep. in the middle, Patrick, go fuck yourself. <laughs> but I give him credit. I, I wish yeah. I wasn't against my team, but he is, Yeah, he is a generational quarterback. So yeah, it just ball never bounced our way. Well, I, I look at it. The Niners had their opportunities, John, as you said, we had two turnovers. The critical one was Jair Brown's interception in the mm-hmm. early part of the third quarter. That could have been putting the Kansas City on the ropes and the Niners didn't take advantage. Yeah. So well, Kyle Shanahan didn't take advantage. I, yeah. This is where I think you have to lay a little bit of blame at the feet of Kyle Shanahan. You've got to know when to go for the jugular. Mm-hmm. And his big, frankly, Achilles Hill has been finishing games. Yeah. And this has now reared its head again. But look, we're going to get into this a little bit later because we're optimists. We're 49ers fans. We're going to be fine. But let's, let's get into the stars of the game. Yeah. We've um, given our star. Yes, Tim. I was going to say, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, uh, John, as you said, he's a generational quarterback. Brian, as you said, future Hall of Famer. Yeah. So I have to tip my hat. You got, I mean, let's do the professional, the classy thing, tip our yeah. hat to our opponent and say, even, yeah, got to give him real credit too. He ruined my Dreamland barbecue. <laughs> was Taylor Swift at the barbecue? In no, Travis she Kelsey. wasn't. Oh, good. No, just Patrick Mahomes and his wife. I, this is the other thing, although quarterbacks always get all the glory, the last two Super Bowls, the Niners against the Chiefs, Chris Jones has been the MVP. Chris yeah. Jones is a game wrecker. Yes, he is. Pat, oh, yeah. This is the one thing that I find as a non-Chiefs fan, somebody out there offer Chris Jones $100 million a year him <laughs> off of the Chiefs. Because that defense is not the same defense without Chris Jones. Just give him a hundred million dollars and let him go someplace else. Because he's an under, he's a he's a free agent this year. But he's wrecked two Super Bowls. And I give him, I mean, yeah, he's got two, he's got three Super Bowls. How do you do that? Well, you show up at, at big moments and and a lot has been written about Burford whiffing on, on a call during the overtime, but Chris Jones knows how to disrupt plays and he did it very, very well. So I give him a ton of credit. And then while the Niners still scored a lot of points, Steve Pagnolia is a very, very good coach. Yeah. The blitz packages that he brought against Purdy. The Niners offense had trouble getting into rhythm. But John, as you said, they had a lot of kudos for Purdy mm-hmm. after the game. And the the fact of the matter is Brock Purdy is 24 years old. He's a year and a half into being an NFL quarterback. So as someone said, can you imagine what this guy's going to be like when he's not rehabbing in the offseason? He's actually working to get better. Yeah. So, so Patrick Mahomes' second year, he was in the AFC championship and lost to Tom Brady. His third year, they won the Super Bowl against obviously us. So we've got, we've got time on our side with Mr. Purdy, but stars of the game. So obviously yay chiefs, congratulations, your stars of the game. Yeah. Your stars are in the mail. We actually don't have stars. <laughs> Old Brady can't put that in the trophy case. All right, let's go to Niners stars. Brian, who's your star? Well, well, you you put it on here. He would have been the he would have been the MVP. Mm-hmm. Juwan Jennings, 
we go back to that overtime play. If Purdy doesn't get wrecked on that on that pass where Jennings, I think, was wide open, right? Jennings, if I remember, if memory serves me, Jennings was open on the right the right side, and then Ayuk was and I, open. Ayuk was open oh, in the middle. Yep. Yeah. 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 The, uh, Chris Jones is is what wrecked it. Yeah. If 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 he hasn't been there, Purdy could have gone either direction. It would have been a game winner. Purdy was obviously he was looking it's at like, he was looking at Jennings' direction. So mm-hmm. Jennings catches that. He, uh, that would have been two touchdowns for him and the passing. I think he would have been the MVP. Absolutely. Hands down. He was my guy. We'll go back to that rowing play he had where he scored the touchdown. It looked kind of suspect because it looked like it was going to get picked or something, but he would have been. I'm like, what are you doing? Wow. That looked like it was in the air for a long time. It was. (laughs) So yeah, he would have been my guy. Yeah. Tim, your story of the game. Well, I think we got to go with the defensive line. I thought they played one of the better games that they've had all season. Chase Young had a sack. Armstead a he had sack. a sack, and he had intentional grounding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They, you sack Patrick Mahomes three times. You intercept him once. Uh, hey, that's exactly what I would have wanted out of my defensive line, period. Mm-hmm. My star of the game is Jake Moody. And I give this guy a lot of credit. Rookie. He's what, 22, 23. So Tim, when you, when you were there, cause obviously he's one of the first guys out. Was he just banging them through or? Yeah. In fact, I think David Lombardi or Matt Barrows had tweeted that he was hitting from 65. Yeah. Well, um, he was just, he just seemed to be like kind of dialed in and on. Yeah. I mean, he hit. Here's the thing. It's like he was called upon twice to hit a field goal that would have won the Niners the Super Bowl, and he mm-hmm. hit them twice. Yep. He's going to be our kicker for a really long time because he knows that he can do it in that moment. And I, I just thought he did a phenomenal job. So I give him a lot of credit. Yeah, obviously would have been great if he made that kick in Cleveland. But obviously he grew from it and now he's entrenched as our, as our kicker for a while. So kudos to Jay. Let's get into, I guess, final, not really so much final thoughts, but reaction after the game that we all experienced personally. Now I took a vow of silence with ESPN and <laughs> get it up and first take, I don't watch him anymore. Like. I'll watch Sports Center, get my little college basketball fix, but I will watch it because it's gotten to a point where it's so negative. Great, yet Patty Williams is awesome. Stop just blaming everybody for getting to the mountaintop and just not quite getting to the mm-hmm. very summit. I mean, Shanahan, yeah, he, he might have made a wrong decision, but he got to the Niners to the top. There's people in Cleveland who have never gotten to a Super Bowl. The Jets are a friggin' train wreck with a quarterback who is a tinfoil hat society member. It's just nutty. It's I've taken that vow silence and I this is the nice thing that when I go out and play golf and I when I'm talking about I wore my Niners hat, I got my residency hat, kind of known I'm known for it because oh, it's the guy with the red hat. 
I had so many people read, like reach out to me, go, dude, I was proven for your team. How you doing? So a lot of people, a lot more people in the United States were pulling for the Niners and the Chiefs. I can tell you that just on my personal, are you doing okay basis? So that's what I've kind of feel like everybody's already like, okay, we're over the Kansas city dynasty. We need to move on because dynasties are boring. Nobody likes the dynasty. I understand it now because we had the Niners dynasty for a while. <laughs> I like, knew where I was going. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I feel my pain. But again, now I just was like, okay, thanks guys. Everybody's it's, it's all good. We got to the mountaintop. We just couldn't quite get over it. But I know you guys were traveling home and had some good fan experiences. So Brian. Yeah, I was sitting in LAX having a drink kind of to decompress and I was going to wear some Niner gear regardless if it was just going to be just a hat or it was going to be a little something. I, I had to wear it. And some guy sitting at the bar at Rock and Brew or something in uh, LAX goes to me, hey, there's Chiefs. They're selling Chiefs gear over there. I'm like, at first I didn't know he was talking to me. I thought he was talking to someone behind me, like a Chiefs fan behind me. But I went like this. He's all, no, you are, they're selling Chiefs gear over there. And I'm like, oh my God. And he, he saw my face and he probably knew I wasn't in a joking mood. Too soon, man. Too soon. And <laughs> I go, okay, where is it? I made some snide comment. I, and he's all, and he asked me back too soon. I said, yep. He's all, he understood. I'm sure he was probably a Laker fan or like a Raiders <laughs> fan or Chargers fan, you know, <laughs> just looking to rub it in against somebody from the Bay Area who loves the Giants and, and the Warriors and the Niners. But that was, that was probably the extent of it. My, I, I was telling you guys in a text, though, my, my cousin Ryan, though, who was at the Venetian, some older gentleman, older white gentleman, went up to him and goes, on the night, on that night when the, when the Super Bowl was won, he asked Brian if he, if he was done crying for the Niners. And I was telling Tim this on the car ride home. I said, you ask that to the wrong person, there's going to be trouble. Yeah. You you're you're going to wind up in the Las Vegas County Hospital or yeah. whatever the yeah. county is. I don't remember. Clark County or whatever the hell there, the Las Vegas is. Give it some time. And yeah. I, I felt or, that was, you know that was a little much. Act with some class. Act yeah. with some class. Yeah. Yeah. John, like you, I pretty much, I could not watch anything on the news. I would anytime... The television was on. I would just turn away. Anybody wearing a Chiefs gear, I would turn away. As as Brian mentioned, we drove back from Las Vegas to LA. I dropped Brian off at LAX. And the next day I flew home and I was sitting in LAX. I was doing, just checking something on my phone. And I look up and I see a guy and he's got all this Niners gear on. He's got a sweatshirt and a hat and a couple other things on. And... I don't know. I just, at that moment, I just looked up and I, and I said, bang, bang. And he stops with his little carry on. He looks over at me and goes, Niner gang. He walks right over to me, fist bumps me and says, next year is ours. Cause the faithful don't quit. The faithful never quit. I don't know who that guy is, but that just kind of gave me, it, it, it just gave me a smile. It just made me feel a lot better. Well, so, actually, it's one of those things you never know who's listening, but if that yeah. was that guy, if that was that guy, awesome. <laughs> God bless you. 
because you made me feel better when I was having just kind of a meh day. Yeah. Let's get into a little bit of, of next year because the best thing the Niners have going for is they have a really good core that's under contract. Purdy is not going anywhere. He's still under his rookie deal. You've got Kittle under contract, Nick Bosa under contract, Fred under contract. Bafonga's going to be back from his knee injury. Dre will be back. What might be interesting coming up in the next month or so will, did Chase Young actually get enough dollars out there based on his performance to go get a real good free agent contract? Or does he come back for a year and even get more dollars because Chris Corsera is able to get him up to a higher level? You've got Christian, you've got Digibo, Trevarius, Trent. I mean, the core is coming back and we have 11 draft picks. The Niners are not going anywhere. They're just not. They're too talented. This week, there was the big news of Steve Wilkes being yeah. let go. We're going to need to do defensive coordinator. I want Pete Carroll as our defensive coordinator. Well, John, like I said, it's like bringing Dion. It's like bringing. It was like bringing Dion Sanders, or uh, so he's bringing that guy here. Well, that's going to be something to watch. I don't have any. I mean, there's certainly been a lot of speculation over who the next defensive coordinator will be. I will say this about Steve Wilkes: I am not scapegoating him for the Super Bowl at all. The Super Bowl loss was multiple factors yeah. of why the Niners lost the game. There were times where the Niners should have took control, and they didn't. There were times where they could have made plays, and they didn't. And there were times Kansas City made plays, and the Niners didn't. So that's the end of the day. I will say that I never felt that the Steve Wilkes 49er relationship was at its best. There was He was in the booth, and then he's down on the sidelines. And the Niners' defense sort of went kind of either really good or really bad. Their run defense was always suspect, but it just didn't seem like a philosophy that was ever going to fit. So it's going to be obviously a lot of fun watching to see who they bring as defensive coordinator because you will be answering to Shanahan, who's king of the hill in that organization. There's no doubt about that. But uh, yeah, I think the Niners coming back with a core group. They're going to be people that are going to have to sign Ayuk as priority number one. And it's going to be a question of, all right, if you sign Ayuk, who else can you afford to sign? Like a Chase Young. And I would also say, okay, Drew Greenlaw, what's his timetable to return? Uh, there has been some rumors about bringing back Al Shair as the yeah. linebacker until yeah. Greenlaw is fully healed. But in terms of the draft picks, as John, you said, 11 draft picks. My feeling, I'm looking for offensive line. I think the Niners oh, yeah. need to upgrade that position. We have Trent Williams. I think Banks is good, but the rest of the line guys, we need better protection for Purdy. Period. Yeah. And Brendel's Brendel's good too. I think yeah. I think the right side is just just yeah. the only one I would this is a tough one. He may come back next year because he was just he's been so close to Sean Gibson. Mm -hmm. But he's played at such a high level, it's like maybe you can do it for one more time. I will say, this is my Pete Carroll pitch. I would like to have Pete Carroll. He's a San Francisco native. He's run the same defense. And I'll be honest, 
Kyle Shanahan is a bit of a prickly pear. I think Pete Carroll coming in there with his gum chewing and smiling and high-fiving. And you talk about when he was a defensive coordinator for the Niners, he used to have these big catered events for the defense. They come in, they just talk ball, and they have a good time, et cetera. I think he would be a big breath of fresh air coming into that organization. So, but we'll see. That's why it's all fun and conjecture yeah. at this point. Um, well, well, you won me over. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna, move, at, I'm gonna at, vote for that already. And at the min- <laughs> at the minimum, John, it would piss off the Seahawks fans. <laughs> That's true. Win win. Um, but I think I think that there's a lot of future with this team. I mean, you never know who's gonna be up, who's gonna be down. The Lions are were great. The Packers could be up. Rams started to look better, but. You know, the Niners are still the class of the, I think, the class of the NFC. We've got a lot of talent and a lot of thing. I think Steve Young said it best. He's like, well, you've been bloodied in battle and you get to the top and you get kicked down. You just got to get it back up and go. And if anybody knows it's Steve Young, because he lost the Cowboys those, those two horrific times and finally slayed the demon and ran around Candlestick Park like 17 times. Tim was at that game. Yes, I was. Do you remember Steve Young walking or running yeah, around? I, I don't remember him running around 17 times. I think it was just once, but it was, yeah, it, it just felt like 17 times. Yeah. Well, with myth, with time, myth grows. All right, guys, let's go to final thoughts because at this point, this is our last podcast until probably after the draft. Eh. <laughs> or, and, I can tell you, I can tell you one thing for sure, whoever's listening to us, that it will not be. A Niners talk mock drafts. <laughs> I don't know which I hate more, Masters commercials or mock drafts, but I think mock drafts is ahead of it right now. Mm, I'm going to go Masters commercials. <laughs> because <laughs> you, here, here's the reason why, John. Mock drafts, they change. Masters commercials have been the same thing since 1996. <laughs> oh, by the way, Vern Lundquist is actually going to retire. I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> Man's got a waddle the size of the state of Texas. Anyway. Brian, let's go with your final thoughts. Okay. Well, I've been I've been kind of thinking about what to say here for for some time here, but one I will say it was it was great doing this podcast with you guys all season. Mm-hmm. It was it was a great experience, and it taught me a lot more about football, more from just being from a casual fan. Because obviously, I had to start looking things up. I didn't play the game probably like Tim. I know Tim, you you played it. Uh, okay. Okay. Time out. I need to stop you there. <laughs> I was on the team at Marine Catholic. I would not say I played a whole lot. So let's just okay. establish that benchmark right now. So. Okay. Well, I think in terms of analyzing the game, I think I probably learned a lot more this year than I think I ever have. And this was a great season to do it. We we love this team. We we love watching them flourish. And this just wasn't our year. And I said this to you guys in a text, but... I, I just, I don't know what it is. We just happened to play against the juggernaut who was, who is Patrick Mahomes. But this, this area where, where we all originate from has seen some great sport teams win it over the years. The San Francisco Giants, the Warriors, and then the Niners of the 80s and 90s. And maybe this is just conjecture from my part, but maybe it's just, we're just not, the area is just not ready yet for a Niners win. And then, but I feel like when they do, this place is going to go crazy, and maybe that's going to be in 24, 25. And, but I think this team is a team to do it. They've got the right quarterback. 
they got the right running back. They've got the great receivers and tight ends. If they can just keep it going, great things can happen. I'm going to leave this year on a positive note, although it didn't didn't end as as how I wanted it to. I think we can. I can see positive things for next year. Yeah, I'll go next. I'll let I give let Tim. I think it's now becoming more traditional that Tim puts the bow on it at the end. We started this as kind of just a fun lark because we were bored during the summer and we thought we'd <laughs> have fun with Niner stories and and then it became kind of serious and we all took on our little roles of I'm the host, Tim's the historian, Brian's the trivia guy, and, and we've all really enjoyed it. This season for me was one of the more rewarding, probably since the first year of Farbaugh, because I felt like I was more invested in it than I'd been in the past because of this podcast. And every game we previewed and we looked at it, and we felt we had to comment on and talk and, and feel. And, and we had such an epic playoff run. The night before the Super Bowl, I watched the Niners hours of the Lions and, and the Packers. And I listened to the podcast on our run that we had done for those two games. Wow. We went through some really tough games to get to the Super Bowl. I felt like 98% positive about the whole year, 2% negative. Putting this podcast out allowed me to get reconnected to a friend of mine who's a mentor back when I was doing a job and I ended up in Jacksonville at this really cool place called the Cat House. And then with my brother down in Arizona. And then we decided to even go out to Washington with my, with my daughter and her first game. So I got to see him three times and they're each really special. I'm already looking next year. Looking forward to in the fall, like I know somebody in Buffalo playing at Lambeau they're playing in Minnesota. There's always so far there's, there's so much to look forward to. And this team is still going to be good. Uh, there's a lot of teams right now, like the Panthers, they're just big messes. Those teams are going to be good for a long time and we're good now. We're going to be good for a while. That's why I give Kyle and John a lot of credit is they've built the foundation and that team is not going to be bad. We're not going to go back to the Tom Sula days when they fired Harbaugh. Yeah. We're going to be good for a while and eventually they're going to break through. And that's why we're part of the faithful because we're going to keep the faith that they're going to do that and we're going to enjoy it along the way. And Brian's going to be going to the games and Tim and I are going to go to our games and we'll be back and draft time to talk about how they do and who they've signed a free agent. And then we'll disappear for a while. Then training camp will be here before you know it. And then we'll start the whole thing all over. But yeah, all the other part of it is I'm kind of glad to get my Sundays back. <laughs> and the Tuesday nights where I'm like, okay, you guys are going, I'm going to go edit video and sound for a while. But all in all, it was a pleasure. It was a great season. I, I really, other than the Super Bowl, I really Honestly, I don't think it could have been any better. I mean, just I, the joy we all felt with how we beat the Lions and how we beat the Packers. That could have been the Super Bowl. And I, I was probably saying, what is up, Niners? I should the Super Bowl. I was mm. in my head. I was ready to set it. 
well, that'll wait till next year. This will be now a catchphrase. Take me put a bow on it. I'll see what I can do. Well, first of all, I will echo both of your sentiments there. It has been a pleasure doing this podcast with you this year, and I look forward to starting it again in late April, early May, where we talk about the draft and the NFL schedule. And yeah, it's it, it was an amazing season. And as I said at the out, outset of the, the podcast, is that when you are emotionally invested in your team and you live vicariously through them, it's you are taking a chance. And as I remember Kyle Juszczyk, who's quoted by David Lombardi, just said, being on this team, going to the Super Bowl, that's what living is. It's taking a chance and putting yourself out there. Because if you don't, you're never going to have the opportunity to really experience true greatness and true accomplishment. And coming off the Super Bowl, I was reminded by a quote of Teddy Roosevelt. And it, as John, as you said, you listen to the naysayers, you listen to the talking heads, and they say things of failure, and they say things of can't win the big one. But how many of them have actually put that all on the line? And that's why I'm reminded by a, a quote, as I said, by Teddy Roosevelt. It's one of my favorite quotes. It is, far better is it to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy nor suffer much because they live in a gray twilight that knows not victory nor defeat. And that's what being a fan is about. So even though it did not end the way we wanted to, as much as I may not want to, I will always, always be a 49ers fan. And I sincerely look forward to talking with you again for the upcoming year. And we will see what the 49ers can do. It has been an honor and a privilege to to share this with the three of you all year. Yeah, on, on that note, that's really all I have to say. But faithful, thanks for listening. Thanks for letting us have our therapeutic moment this season. Looking forward to seeing what happens next year and hopefully meeting some of our listeners that I'm not related to. And other than that, just keep the faith. It's going to happen someday. On that note, peace out, Niners Nation. Talk to you after the draft. Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful.